Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie B. Today we're talking... Alcohol. That bubbly suds you love to chug. Natalie, what's alcohol? An alcoholic beverage is a drink that contains ethanol, which is a type of alcohol produced by fermentation of grains, fruit, or other sources of sugar. Wow, well, what did we learn today? <laughs> well, this is brought to you by Hazel Technologies. <laughs> Natalie, have you ever had alcohol? Yes, I have. I have too. I think a lot of adults have. What, how old were you the first time you tasted alcohol? Uh, probably five or six. Probably, yeah. I was probably younger than that. Uh, I, my parents, actually, this is a great trick. Kids' taste buds give them different sensations than those of adults. Like my taste buds, my sense of smell, I know that it has dulled since I was younger. When I was a very little kid, like I said, five or six years old, my dad handed me a Miller Lite, which tastes to me now like candy. Yeah. I like light beer. I love beer that is just light and watered down because it doesn't give me as many bodily problems as drinking like Dr. Dick's double fermented IPA. Also, you know what? Is that the Miller High Life, if you like it, it's also the fucking cheapest shit you can get. It's five bucks for a six pack of tall boys and they hit. Right. And so my dad drank Miller Lite. This is like, what, 4% beer. Mm -hmm. The first time I had it after not having tasted it, really honestly, since I was a kid, I drank it and I was like, wow, because this is just after I started getting into craft beer and I was drinking like quadruple Belgian ales and like super stouts and stuff. Hops fucker. Hops fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I... I picked it, that up and I was like, this is really sweet. This is refreshing. This shouldn't be good. I heard this was bad. Right, right. Everyone always thinks anything that is for the common man is bad. No, it turns out that macro brews are really delicious. Right. They also are like filtered and quality controlled. Right. They don't give you the hell of farts. And they're incredibly cheap. They don't give you bubble tummy? Yeah, honestly, I'm going to say I like dad beer the most. And Miller High Life is the most dad beer. Because growing up, you would smell beer. People would drink different kinds of regular beer. I grew up with people drinking Budweiser and Miller Lite, right? Mm -hmm. You'd smell it. It had a smell. You would go to a concert. You would smell the ambient beer around. And the first time as an adult I had a Miller High Life, I was like, this smells like beer. And I tasted it, and it tastes like the platonic ideal of how beer smelled when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. It is exactly like drinking the beer in Repo Man in the white can that says beer on the side. Right, right. <laughs> it is Richard Scary Busy Town Beer. I like, you know what? Okay, first off, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't drink beer at all, period. But I like Miller High Life because... It's the champagne of beers. I don't know where they came up with it. I love it. It's uh, such a great, and in fact, for a while, the tagline of Married to the Sea was the champagne of comics. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like iconic, like in terms of like advertising and in terms of like label design, Miller High Life is like, is up there. Yeah. So if you're wondering how deep this rabbit hole goes, it's, it's at least. <laughs> we have feelings yeah. on Miller High Life. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, so I was a little kid and my dad's like, Mary Drew, you wanna try some beer? And I was like, okay. And he hands me a quarter of a can. It may, I, at this point I'm realizing it may have been just like sitting around the house. Right, he was cleaning the house. He's like, oh, this is from last night. <laughs> so he hands me a quarter can, it was not cold. And I take a big swig and I'm like, fuck, this is bad. He's like, don't like it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and similarly, and this is what made me, I started to wonder later in my life if it was a concerted effort. My mom, maybe around the same time, maybe I was a year or so older, she's like, you want to taste some coffee? And I was like, sure, you drink that stuff all the time. She handed me a cup of cold Maxwell House. And it, <laughs> yeah. And it was black. There was nothing in it. And I took a sip and I was like, that is also really bad. What the fuck is up with you guys? <laughs> See, the first time I ever tasted alcohol, 
I don't remember when that was. But in my family, there would always, always, always be these giant jugs of red wine that my family would make. Like one of my cousins would make like 85 gallons of it and then everyone would get these big huge jugs with like the finger hole of this red wine and my family would drink it like with dinner all the time. Like that's what you drink with dinner. But it was the fucking driest shit. It was so it was so insanely fucking dry and it was like viscous and like completely opaque. Ooh, it was really, really, really heavy duty shit. <laughs> wow. That was the first alcohol I ever had. Did you like it? No. Mm-mm. Well, there was always, it was always round. And it was like in little juice glasses and stuff. They would pour it in little juice glasses. Yeah. And let us drink it sometimes. But it was yucky. I'd say what my family called it, but you probably don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, <laughs> your family's Italian and they would use a racial slur for Italians. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, alcohol is, like, a cultural thing. Like, people drink alcohol as, like, a cultural activity, like, a social activity, or as, like, a business thing. It is, like, very part of the culture, right? And it is regulated by laws because some people can't drink alcohol because they're young or whatever, right? It's a big deal in the world, but it's legal most places in the world. A few places, it's not not legal, but for the most part, it is. People love to do it. It causes people problems all the time. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. Right, right. You might get drunk and get your sword out and start swinging your sword around. Recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right. I'm not... I was never... Well... (laughs) <laughs> i would say i i'm not a big drinker now and for the majority of my life i was not a big drinker but i had like a little period of time where like in between like 20 and like 23 or 24 where i would fucking get sauced like when i was between like 20 and 22 i, I got sauced pretty frequently but like i would throw down once in a while but it's like not my thing I, I don't like beer. I don't like wine. I don't like the taste of alcohol. And so it was just always something where I it was, like, not a healthy behavior. Like, the only reason I would do it would be to, like, socially lubricate. And so I would just get as hammered as I could as quickly as possible so I could stop drinking because I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say we lived in a world where you could go out let's say you could go to a place that just had the alcohol there so you could buy as much as you want Mm -hmm. and then you could hang out there with other alcohol heads right (laughs) i'm just thinking in the winter they could warm it so it'd be ooh nice and toasty in the summer they could cool that sucker off and you're there and you know everybody else there is a big alcohol fan they're into it they're they're there to chug so in a different world that might be something where we could have is this a million are you having a million dollar idea i think you might be having a million dollar idea you know i never really did like bars that much anytime i went to a bar it was always like there were there were people there that were always way drunker than me i never really enjoyed them they were always permanently gross and i never really liked bars at all until about april or may of 2020 i was like i haven't been to a bar in like two months (laughs) that's when you really start getting the all work and no play like starting to get the here's johnny feeling like just i could go to a bar right now right (laughs) i've never liked going to bars and so i don't miss it i'm like yeah more time for me to smoke weed (laughs) (laughs) this is like the pandemic has been my time to shine (laughs) well listen the state says that i need weed for my medical conditioner the i need weed for my medical condition (laughs) your medical conditioner (laughs) no medical conditioner is what i use after i use my medical shampoo Uh, you know let's just Let's just get it out there. I I said it because it's true. It's something I have for my hair and my scalp. (laughs) But the governor said we can't go anywhere. But then the state 
control authority said that I could have up to 5.3 ounces of cannabis every 45 days. So I think I've got a combo move going, if not a million dollar idea. <laughs> That's best. I mean, it's a million dollar idea for a lot of people, not for me personally. It's been keeping my pandemic going pretty good. Well, I got a buddy, works from home. He likes staying at home. He really likes eating peanut butter. And <laughs> so this- Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> So this pandemic to him has been a combo move of peanut butter and staying at home. <laughs> Think about it. <sighs> What'd your mom give you when you were sick? Instead of going to school, you got peanut butter and stay home. <laughs> I hope my buddy's thriving. I hope he's doing good. I am. I'm living my best life right now. Aside from like not being able to see my friends. If I, if, if, if I could never have to wake up at a certain time and always be able to smoke weed whenever I want, but also be able to hang out with my friends, that would be that would be perfect. But there's always two a out of three isn't bad. There's always a catch, but sometimes the catch isn't bad. Right. <laughs> the cat the catch is bad, but the catch could be worse. Right, right. <laughs> So, um, alcohol is a depressant. That's what it's classified as. And if you just drink a little bit, it gives you euphoria. It reduces anxiety. It makes you more social. Um, but if you drink too much, then you get sloppy and it could cause you all kinds of problems. You could pass out. You can puke. You can not know what the hell is going on. You can black out. You can die the big bad alcohol poisoning uh-huh yeah and if you use alcohol a lot you can get cancer from it you can get physically dependent on it you can get alcoholism not good right you can get cirrhosis cirrhosis liver uh-huh. that's a big boy right yeah. you can accidentally set yourself on fire oh well, there's there's drinking, you could be drinking some everclear and spill it on your shirt because you're so sloppy and then you then you set your shirt on fire and then oh no right that's did you do that no it was just really specific but i'm just saying like all kinds of things can happen if you're if you're not careful with your drinking oh yeah <laughs> i mean like apart from the internal effects like it's definitely a contributor to what they call misadventure right <laughs> Which is the bigger part of death, my misadventure. Right, right. Climbing on a thing and then falling off a thing is probably riding on top of a car. Oh, yeah. See, it's just... <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Many of the ways you can die involving alcohol are cool. Well, yeah. I mean, you're partying to death. It's... Here's the thing, okay? It's like, it's not a thing where like, I'm being insensitive to people who have died of alcohol poisoning. Everybody has to die. Once you're once you're dead, it does not matter what you did. So which would you prefer? Would you prefer partying to death? Or would you prefer, like slowly dying of bowel cancer over the course of 18 months and like the last seven months of it was absolute hell. I would personally rather party to death. If that's the binary choice, then <laughs> yes. I mean, there's like worse ways to go. I appreciate the point you're making, but if you live long enough, you end up having your, your friends and your family and your acquaintances die. And uh, we had a friend who we met, we had a mutual friend. We met, we went over our friend's house and he was just there one day hanging out. And our friend is like, this is my painter. And so he came over and he painted our house. I'd see him every once in a while. He was always nice, yeah, very he, cool. He was always a cool guy. He did karaoke. He was really good and he was very passionate about singing. And he was doing karaoke. And one night he was doing karaoke and he died on stage doing karaoke. And I've thought about that every single time somebody says they died doing what they love. Well, it still sucks. Yeah, I, I would much rather go like that than suffering to death. I want to die at age 900 by getting my dick pulled off by a blowjob robot. <laughs> <laughs> if we're picking, I'm picking. Right. I want to like just lose my grip just enough that I don't really know what the hell's going on. And then I want to get some kind of like nice drug cocktail going and just whoosh, off I go. Yeah. So speaking of <laughs> drug assisted slips <laughs> into the next world, tell me more about alcohol. <laughs> 
Okay, so you have a liver, right? You drink alcohol and your liver starts digesting it into acetaldehyde and then that breaks down into acetic acid. When you're drunk, it is because your body is consuming alcohol faster than your liver is able to break it down. So you have like all of this stuff build up in your system and it makes you have drunky behavior. And that's because alcohol works on your GABA receptors, right? Right, right. It goes, it, it affects your GABA receptors, which um, slows down your brain activity. And so it makes your speech slur, it makes you stumble around. There's also, when you first start drinking though, it's like before you, you flood your system, the alcohol will just cause like dopamine release. And so when you first start drinking, it makes you just feel like, yeah, let's party. It makes you feel real, real social and stuff. And that's why you start off having a good time. Okay. And then it starts going bowl shaped. It does. <laughs> it always does. It never it never stays on the on the note you start off at. It's hard to be operated by a brain because you just can't help it. You have exactly two beers and you're having a great time and your brain is like, you know what would be good. <laughs> you find yourself an hour later walking through somebody's house and you're like, ooh. Buddy, I should slow down. And then as you're thinking that, you're like, but I'm getting another beer out. Right. <laughs> you're like, well, this is weird. See, but I'm kind of an introverted person. I'm like not particularly outgoing. Basically, the only thing that gets me drinking is being in social situations where I don't know a lot of people. If I drink, I'm suddenly extremely outgoing and I'm extremely friendly to literally every person who I come across. It's that dopamine. I turn into a people pleaser and I'm out to make friends and I'm going to make friends with everybody and we're gonna be best friends by the end of the night. Well, you're, you're a very pleasant person. It's not like it changes your personality. It just... It makes me extremely outgoing, which is not usually what I am. It makes me forget that I'm constantly thinking people hate me. <laughs> I have found myself drinking and talking to somebody, and then I'm like, this guy hates me, lol. <laughs> I'm not outgoing. And you know, I have had to, in the past, drink in order to get myself through social situations that I was dreading. Like, I had to give a lecture at a college one time, and I got totally sauced as a boss to get through it, because I wasn't going to be able to do it if I wasn't drunk. Yeah, well, you got through it. And I was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I drove you there. You did. I did not drive there. Because I was getting drunk in the car before I had to go. <laughs> Which is technically illegal. And I think that... I, I, was, I wasn't driving. Well, it's open container. And the thing is, I think open container laws are bogus. If they sell you the beer and you can go to your car and take the beer home, like the idea of having all of these in-between states where like... It's illegal. It's just like the it's like the money and the sex problem. It's legal to have consensual sex, but it's illegal to pay somebody in order to have sex with them. But it's legal to pay somebody to have sex with you while you videotape it again in some jurisdictions. So there's this gray area of you can have the beer, but you can't open it, but you can open it at home, but don't walk too far down your driveway. Right, right. How far could you go out of your driveway? Before? Can you drink in your driveway? But as soon as you step into the road, you're not allowed doing it anymore. I think that's technically true. You know, enforcement is the whole of the law. A cop would have to be coming down the street and ask me why I'm standing in the road with a beer. And if it was my house, I think he'd be like, you need to be in your yard and mm -hmm. do that. But that's because I'm an old white guy, right? Mm -hmm. We know that cops are discriminatory in their enforcement of minor laws. If I were walking through a strip mall drinking a beer, again, police officer would have to stop me and say, why are you drinking beer? And I'd be like, it's my GABA receptors. I'm trying to fake my brain into thinking that I have GABA when really all I have is India pale ale. And the cop would be like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think what I would do is I would be like, 
do you want some? And the cop would say, no. And I'd be like, you're missing out. And he'd probably say, pour it out, right? Right. He might give me a ticket depending on if he thought I looked like a hippie, which he probably does because he's only allowed to have a mustache. And I think that would make the cop envious. Right. I wouldn't ask a cop if he wanted to have some of my beer because that was my default pickup line. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> So how does that work? Okay, so here to all the the, the listeners of Garbage Brain who are single and who might go to a bar sometime in the future, who knows when that might be, like someday in the far future, when you're able to go mingle. <laughs> My pickup line that fucking works every time. Maybe, but again, maybe it was just because I was very charming when I was drunk and that was why I worked every time. But it did work every time. You find someone you think is cute. They have a drink, right? You get your drink. You go over and you, you kind of say, hey, what's going on? And you're like, oh, hey, what's up? And then you're like, oh, what's you drinking? And they'd be like, oh, I'm drinking this thing. This is a cocktail or some kind of beer or something. I'd be like, oh, can I try your drink? You ask them if you, if you can take a sip of their drink. This is obviously not the coronavirus pickup line. <laughs> 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 and it works every time. If, if they seem skeptical, offer to trade them a sip of your drink for a sip of, a sip of their drink. And that will usually really seal the deal. The reason for this is you are going up to them and being like, I'm willing to exchange bodily fluids with you. Oh, yeah. I am definitely already familiar with you. Mm-hmm. It it gets you in there with a, with an extra like extra familiarity. Like, hey, baby. And also, it's like, I am skeezy. <laughs> <laughs> it's never not worked, though. How long do you think they've been making alcohol? How long have people intentionally manufactured yeah. alcohol? Probably thousands of years. Probably four or 5,000 years. 10,000 BC. Basically. Really? Since history. Since the Sphinx was wet. Wet, yeah. That was when the earliest evidence they have of intentionally fermented drinks and they also had evidence of them making grape and hawthorn fruit wine and mead and rice beer in china in 7000 bc okay that's what i that's my next question is what were they fermenting and they were using grapes and the arabs would make alcohol and they were the first ones to start distillation and they started distilling wine in the ninth century and then that process kind of started spreading into italy where they started distilling in europe and in the 14th century in india was when they fine-tuned the distillation process and they had like what we recognize as being distilled liquor i think it's really interesting that they were but they were doing distillation as far back as you said the 14th century yeah ninth century a.d it was being done so really people figured out how to get more juiced before anything else now so people so people have been doing it forever uh, the reason that people love it is just because of its brain effects, how great it makes them feel. But obviously there is social issues with alcohol consumption and it causes people having impulsive sex and drunk driving and it is associated with automobile accidents and sexual assaults and violent crime, home abuse, all kinds of stuff. And tons of the emergency room visits involve people who are drunk. And it is just a major problem. And having, like, a history of heavy drinking is, like, doesn't bode well for you. It's a public health concern. Right. Alcohol causes so much collective damage to the human race that if you were to outlaw drugs, I mean, there are some that are not as widely available that are more easily fatal, but you can't go and buy oxys at the grocery store now on Sunday. <laughs> Used to be able to buy alcohol six days a week. Now you can buy it seven days a week. You're not gonna go to a uh, dinner with your boss and have your boss pressure you into taking oxys. If we were to have a war on drugs, that was about the drugs, that's the one we would do the war with. Right, the one that actually harms the most people. But we did have a war on alcohol. Oh, that's right. 
But we, we learn from the war on alcohol and what we are currently learning with the war on drugs is that outlawing things doesn't work. There's an issue, I think, with the government needs to fucking fuck off and, with telling people what they can do with their bodies. There's an element of, like, people, sh they can do what they want when with themselves, right? I think that should be the goal of society for people to be able to do what they want to their own bodies as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. Right. And I think that's always, that's a libertarian argument, but it also seems true on a very basic level. I have a really hard time, like, going along with anyone telling me what I can do with my body. Like, it's just not gonna, it doesn't fly with me. The idea doesn't fly with me. And I feel like it's it's not an incorrect idea when it's when it's so apparent in practice with when you try to control other people's bodies, it doesn't work out for, for you that well. You have other issues pop up yeah. because you can't tell people what to do with their bodies. I think, you know, the rise of the DEA and the prohibition and then the prohibition of cannabis and everything, I think... What we would have found out in the in the 30s, if fucking Harry Anslinger hadn't come along, is that cannabis is not something that causes people to commit assaults, and it's something that gives you dopamine, and it's something that helps you sleep, and it's something that peps you up if you're going to party, right? Mm -hmm. It has not the same effects, but it engenders the same results as maybe what you would want out of drinking alcohol without having something that is toxic. Right. And full of calories on top of all that. Yeah, it's full of calories. It's toxic. The thing is with weed is that you can have some weed and an hour or two later you're fine. You're not intoxicated at all. You could have like, you, you could smoke tons of weed and go to sleep and wake up the next day and you feel totally fine. There is no after effects to it. Well, this is what I've been thinking is I've always thought there's there's pervs out there in the world, Natalie. No shit. <laughs> I'm not saying that is a bad thing. Sometimes pervs are bad. There's sometimes people that just get a perverse pleasure from something unusual. And it, and, and it doesn't hurt anybody. I've thought this before, maybe multiple times when I've had a hangover. You drink because you like the effects of the alcohol. And then you wake up the next day and you have like rebound anxiety. You feel nauseous. You might feel hungry because your blood sugar's all messed up, right? Mm -hmm. You have all these side effects and you have a headache and you, you feel extremely part of the reason why at a certain age I kind of said, hey, I got to cool it. I basically can't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. Is because I had d like three or four beers one day and the next day I had a hangover that was just beyond anything I had ever experienced before. And I was like, I think I'm fucking dying. I think <laughs> I think I, I don't know what happened. I, I have no energy. My head is just throbbing. My chest hurts. I've been hungry, but also nauseous all day. And you were like, I think you've just got a hangover. I was like, I had like four high lives. Right. <laughs> But it, it gets worse and worse the older you get. But I think there's some perv out there that will go home and drink beer and they're just sitting there and they're like, fuck, I hate this. And they're like getting wobbly and they're like, fuck, this sucks. I can't wait till tomorrow morning. And they're like, God damn it. All right, one more. Toss back a nightcap. Turn out the light. Go to bed. They wake up in the morning and they're tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth their gut feels like they ate a bunch of batteries mm -hmm. they wake up and they have diarrhea and their heads just throbbing and they go oh hell yeah pimp <laughs> now the fun started this right. is the good shit mm, that's it you know what made me stop drinking was not being able to sleep if i drink i can't sleep I will lay there and stare at the ceiling all fucking night. I will not even get drowsy. I will just be stone cold awake all fucking night long. And you know why that is. No. Alcohol plugs into your GABA receptors. It makes your brain think that you've been getting GABA when you haven't. Mm -hmm. When the alcohol flushes out of those receptors, it stimulates your glutamate system. You have glutamate receptors. It's the same glutamate 
that is the cause of the umami flavor Mm -hmm. that's in seaweed and it's in monosodium glutamate, MSG, and it's in meat. Well, your brain has glutamate receptors and you have a glutamate signaling system in your brain. That is excitatory. In other words, when you stimulate that system, you get excited. And so what happens is after you after the alcohol has left your GABA receptors, it stimulates your glutamate system. And so that actually actively works to wake you up. Hmm. That is why you can toss back a few, go to bed at midnight, and you can wake up four or five in the morning stone cold, unbelievably awake. See, I never even get to the point where I fall asleep and I was like, you know what? It's fine to party on the weekend, but I also want to sleep in on the weekend. And in order to sleep in, I have to get to sleep. So no dice. So let's talk about some different kinds of alcoholic beverages. There's the king of it, beer. Beer is the king of it. Beer is the most consumed alcoholic beverage in the world. Oh, is it? Yes, it is a beverage made from fermented grain mash. And typically they will use barley or a blend of different grains and then they will flavor it with hops. And then it is carbonated in the fermentation process. That is the classic have a cold one, Mr. Beer. That is the classic cold one. That's right. (laughs) Another popular alcoholic beverage, wine. Classic room temperature one. It is made from grapes. It takes longer to ferment than beer. It has more alcohol in beer also. And it's usually between 9 and 16% alcohol. People like to have wine with dinner or after dinner or before dinner. You know what? Wine is so popular that I actually, there are a few wines that I found that I like just because I wanted to be social. Because so much of drinking is wrapped up in socializing that if you do not at least make the attempt at participating in it, it is a barrier to social activity to, yeah. to not drink. And it's unfortunate, I really don't like it. When people started drinking wine all the time, I was like, well, I had to find a couple wines that I like just so I could be a social person. But whenever I drink, I might get a headache fucking immediately. You know, wine does it to me. I, I've i heard that it's the tannins or the sulfites in there, but there's something. It seems like all wine. All wine does it to me. I can't tell you why. Well, that's why I don't drink wine, because wine will give me a headache immediately, and beer will also give me a headache immediately. I can't even drink the neck of a beer. Like, I don't even get headaches, but I'll get, like, headaches where I can't, like, even look at stuff, because, like, the light will hurt my eyes and shit. Um, I also get that effect with the next one on our list, which is cider. Cider also gives me a massive headache. I think I've had cider, the alcoholic drink, uh, maybe a couple times. It's really popular where? Europe? It's popular, I think, in Europe, yeah. I drank cider a few times, and I quite liked it, and it made me have such a huge headache that I never drink it ever again. It's too bad. Cider is made with apple juice, usually, or you can make it with peaches or pears. Some places call it apple wine. And then there's fermented tea, like kombucha, which is very low in alcohol, but it is alcoholic. There's mead, which is an alcoholic drink made out of honey and water, and they will spice it and put other fruit and hops and stuff in it. And that could get pretty alcoholic, up to 20% alcohol. Now that is something I, I always thought I would like, and I've tried it several times. It just never hit. Just It's just surprising. I like honey, but it's just... It doesn't taste the same when it's fermented. No, it doesn't. It's, it's unfortunate. There is a classification of drinks called pulque, which is what tequila is, which are fermented drinks made with agave, uh, rice wine, and then there are other kinds of fruit wines which you can make out of plums and cherries or whatever the hell. Then there are categories of alcoholic beverages that are fermented a second time, like champagne and Prosecco. Champagne is the champagne of wines. Champagne is the champagne of champagnes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you really want to start getting real, though, then we're going to start distilling our liquors, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got to. Um, that is when you take fermented grain or fruit or whatever and then boil it off. Vodka, gin, tequila, whiskey, rum. You know the shocker for me with gin? I just looked this up recently because, okay, vodka... You can make vodka out of potatoes, Mm -hmm. uh, or you can make it out of grain, just grain alcohol that then you dilute down with water, right? 
In fact, uh, Tito's vodka, the very popular vodka, is actually made from grain alcohol that they then run through distillation equipment, not actually distilling it. They run it through so they can say it was distilled in their facility. Mm-hmm. And then they water it down. They put it into their jugs. Also, the guy who runs Tito Vodka, his name is Tito Beverage. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the shocker. That To me, that's the shocker. That's, that's, <laughs> I think that's, that's the shocker. That's the warm-up shocker. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Tequila, agave, fermented, distilled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whiskey, grains, Mm -hmm. fermented, distilled. Mm -hmm. Scotch, grains, fermented, distilled. Right, right. You get the picture. Gin is surprisingly bullshit. It's just grain alcohol, and they just soak a bunch of herbs in it. I always assumed gin was just made from a different plant. I thought, there's got to be some tree out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not true. It's just grain alcohol. They put junipers in it. I like gin. I like gin, but part of why I like gin is it tastes like stealing something out of the doctor's office while you're there, like in between when the nurse and doctor come in. Uh It feels like stealing something out of there and drinking it. (laughs) That's why I like it. I'm going to be real. I was talking, you know, I don't have any problematic perv tendencies, but I would say my one brain perv that I have is I like drinking stuff that it feels like you're not supposed to drink and eating stuff that feels like you're not supposed to eat it. Like if it's a little bit poisonous, there's something where I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Right. (laughs) This tastes like I stole it, not even from the grocery. I stole this from the hardware store. Yeah. (laughs) Let's fucking get it. Let's turn up. Um, there is a kind of distilled alcohol called rectified spirits, which is when you purify a spirit through rectification, which is distilling it over and over and over, right? Oh, yeah. And it gets to the point where it doesn't taste like anything. So anything could get rectified if you just keep distilling it, right? And so you stop before you get to that point in order to get whiskey, like, because you want to keep the flavors in it. Right. Okay. Rectified spirit can be up to 95% alcohol, and you can use it for medicinal purposes. Um, you can use it for making tinctures. You can use it for making things like gin. You can use it for just getting crunk. You can use it for cleaning your house. Uh, don't people put it in jello shots? Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking love jello shots. That's one thing I like. You know, I've never had a Jello shot. It just—I love them. <laughs> Jello shot. See, now I'm starting to put the pieces together. There's definitely something going on in my brain because I was just thinking Jello shot is like going to a store and buying candy. Why am I going to eat that? Yeah, you're getting crotchety man brain about it. <laughs> Me, I, there's nothing I love more than showing up somewhere and seeing they got like. Some jello shots. Even better than jello shots is when they do like the cutesy jello shots. Like I went to like a ladies get together and they had jello shots where they had taken like oranges and cut the oranges in half and scooped all the fruit out of it. And so it was like half of an orange and then they would fill they filled it up with jello and set it and then sliced it. So oh. it was like orange wedges with the orange peel, but they were jello shots. Oh, that's cute. I was into it. Yeah. I got fucking crunked on those. <laughs> I was I was drunk on those in those little cans of Sophia wine with the straws. <laughs> Classic lady party. Fucking crunk as a skunk. So, yeah, so that is the gist of it. I have a question. Not a question. It's even more formal than a question. Some people might even call it a fucking quiz. It's time to take it. I'm going to tell you the name of the alcohol. And I want you to tell me how they make it. I'll do my best. Number one, vodka. Oh, I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun on it earlier. Vodka, will they make green alcohol? And so basically I just want like the main ingredient of vodka. Uh, vodka is made with potatoes or wheat. Vodka is made with potatoes. There's also rye and wheat vodkas. There are vodkas made with soybeans and grapes, rice and sugar beets. Oh, uh, Ciroc is made with grapes, isn't it? Yeah, Ciroc is my favorite vodka. I, I, I don't like drinking, and so vodka is my favorite liquor. That's how, that, if, you, if you don't like drinking, the best you can get is vodka. 
You, I know you got to get this one right, gin, because you already told us what it was. Uh, gin is just grain alcohol plus herbs and aromatics. Juniper berries. Tequila. Tequila is agave, which is like, uh, it's not a succulent. What is that? It's a southwestern plant. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a cactus. Well, it's made out of agave. Yeah. And ag- agave sugar is mostly fructose, so that's why that that's why that has a different wing to it. Right. Uh, tequila is made from blue agave and made primarily in the area surrounding the city of Tequila, southwest of Guadalajara. Tequila actually probably is my favorite alcohol because I could drink tequila straight. There's nothing else I could drink straight. I quite like the taste of tequila, but I will get fucking gnarly on tequila so I don't drink it very often. Whiskey. Uh, whiskey is also made from wheat, isn't it? It's made of grains. Well, you can make rye whiskey. Yeah. Um, made with barley, corn, rye, or wheat. Also aged in a wooden cask with brandy. Uh, brandy is distilled from wine, which is made of grapes. Right. Cognac and Armagnac are types of brandy. Those are great. Those right. are those are my favorite liquors to drink. Cognac, Armagnac. Armagnac is like a, a more flavorful version of cognac, if you can imagine that. But Armagnac has a raisin taste. It's almost like a more concentrated taste of the fruit itself and it's like aged ripened fruit uh rum oh that's distilled from sugar cane it's made by sugarcane molasses or sugarcane juice vermouth uh vermouth is a form of wine so or well it's it's whiny it's made from grapes it is wine that is fortified with aromatic herbs and stuff okay Port wine. Uh, port wine is made from grapes, and it has a higher alcohol content, and it has a sugar content, which leads it to be preserved a lot better. It's very sweet. So it's basically like a type of wine. You're close. Port is wine that they add a second alcohol to that is called aguardente and so they will have they will be making the wine and partially part of the way through the the aging process with the wine they will add the uh, add that alcohol to it which stops the fermentation and then it retains the sugars that would have fermented oh okay that's why it's so sweet yeah because they they stop the fermentation process by killing it off with alcohol partially well it's good it's also like 200 calories for a little tiny glass of it it's, that port is good I, it's I like, like drinking it's like drinking a milkshake port is one of the kinds of wine that i have on my list of stuff i like as far as wine goes if i'm forced to order a glass of wine you know how you can tell that the brain desires ethanol <laughs> is that you really don't you really don't drink natalie basically drinks like one or zero times a year yeah i i, I it's been more than a year since i had a drink but we're talking about this and your brain's like oh yeah i could go for some tequila <laughs> at the same time you're like well I'm not going to drink anything. Your brain's like, you could drink something. You could just go get something to drink and drink it. I'd like that. <laughs> My brain doesn't even really like it that much. Like, it, if I have to do it, I'll do it. Like, if it's like a party, I will drink a drink in order to be, like, better at socializing at the party and to participate in the activity that everyone else is doing. But that is, like, the only thing that'll get me to drink, aside from having, like, an acute anxiety situation. Like, I have to get on a stage with a microphone. That is the only other thing that's going to get me drinking. That's very similar to how I would treat roller coasters. I would never go on a roller coaster by myself. I would have to be in a group of people where I felt very uncomfortable and they were all going on the roller coaster and I was like, well, maybe this will make it feel better. Right, like peer pressure. Like Peer pressure is the only thing. Peer pressure and fear is the only thing that gets me to drink. (laughs) And those are just two things that I don't, like, those are two things that I I don't have, like, they're not major league, like, forces in my life in general. It's fine. So, did you know that they did a survey and 86.4% of adults 
said that they drank at some point in their lives. Does that mean they've had an alcoholic drink period? Or that, does that they mean they drank that- alcohol at some point in their life? Uh, 70.1% of adults said they had had a drink in the previous year. And 56% had had a drink in the previous month. And people drink a lot for stress relief. And it's another thing they do is they will be like, oh, I'm all stressed out. I need a drink. And that's like not good. That's not a good way to deal with your stresses. You should try smoking weed for your stress instead. You should try doing both. Because your stress is never going to end, man. The stress <laughs> is never, ever going to end. <laughs> and if you drink in order in response to stress, then you're going to be stressed out and you're going to have holes in your liver. If you just smoke weed when you're stressed, your liver's fine, man. So I read a study and it basically analyzed the deciles of the adult population in in the United States. Uh-huh. But basically what they showed is that the amount that people drank, and a decile is, is like between 10 and 20%, right? So they organized people by how much they drank. People who didn't drink at all were on the left side. People who drank the most were on the right side. They found out that the top 10th in other words, the highest decile of American drinkers drank as much as the other nine combined. Oh, I believe it. People that drink a lot drink so much that it overwhelms how much everybody else drinks. But that's probably why you meet so many people who, there are so many people statistically who don't drink, and yet the per capita amount that people drink probably seems outrageous because there's one guy eating 8 billion spiders a year. Right, right, exactly, exactly. They found that the people who drank the most out of any other group were blue-eyed Americans of European descent. You're really narrowing it down there. Right. I mean, I don't think there's very many blue-eyed Americans who aren't of European descent, are there? I'm not a race scientist. I couldn't tell you. Right, right. So white Americans are the ones who drink the most. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to find some alcohol facts that don't have to do with people dying. Um, Did you know that they had evidence that suggested that the guys who built the Great Pyramids of Giza were paid with beer? Uh, That makes sense. Alcoholic drinks were uh, way harder to get back in the day. Right. Like soldiers used to be prescribed a ration of of what would they drink rum or gin something like that yeah yeah sailors some of them would drink rum the english sailors would drink gin and then once they figured out what scurvy was they would make a concoction including gin that was called grog and they'd put i think lime juice in there yeah right to keep the sailors from getting scurvy because they knew they were going to drink the gin right did you know that people who are raised in families where they drink at the table at meals will in general drink less and not have as many alcohol problems later in life like if it's normalized and seeing is seen as something that is just something that you do all the time and you just do it in moderation they won't they won't develop like alcoholism and stuff later well that's good if you're a kid in a house and you see your parents living their normal lives and they're drinking beer i think that's going to be different from seeing people party and get wasted right right Seeing it as a being like acting out behavior. Yeah, definitely. You are more likely to get a hangover if you drink dark liquors. Is that true? Yeah. So red wine and whiskey are going to be more likely to give you hangovers, whereas clear liquors or white wine are not going to give you as many. Because I think that a lot of the colors and flavors in alcohol are the elements that give you hangovers, like tannins. Did you know that the worm in the bottle of tequila is not actually a worm? It is a caterpillar. I don't think I've ever bought tequila that has the worm in it. I don't think I have either. I think, you know what, it probably is more expensive. (laughs) It's the classic worm in the tequila. This is like that time we couldn't buy a dog because we didn't have enough money. Right. The worm was always out of our budget. (laughs) Right, right. If I had one thing to change in the world of alcohol, I'm going to tell you what it would be. There's a lot of money floating around in the world of booze, but I think we can make a little bit more. In, in fact, I think we might be able to make a million dollars. Garbage Brain University. <laughs> million dollar idea. We can really bring some nature and we can bring some excitement back to the game. Tequila has been cornering this for too long. Every alcohol should have one bug. (laughs) Right. Grey Goose 
may have an elegant French bug. <laughs> a grasshopper. The scotches can have, you know, a wonderful northern bug from the mystical island of Scotland. A worm. Such as worm. Earthworm. <laughs> Probably some kind of bog worm. <laughs> bug, bog worm. <laughs> <laughs> The rums at your supermarket may all have tropical bugs, such as botfly or mosquito. A handful of ants. <laughs> and that's something, see, this is why we make a good team. I wouldn't have even thought, hey, get a bunch of smaller bugs. And everyone gets a bug. You could have... You don't have to share your bug. You could buy the regular bottle of Captain... And you would get, hey, there's the captain's bug. <laughs> or oops, all bug. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is you could get, for a premium, you could get extra ant. All worms. Think about it. I'm down for it. Get some protein also. That would like help your alcohol. All the different liquors get their own bug. Of course, Tito's would probably have to go with the standard housefly, being that they are a commodity liquor trying to really game the market based on low price. Right, right. So they would put a housefly, because that's so common. You know, you get the luxury brand of uh, Johnny Walker. You could get Johnny Walker Blue, and you could find a very rare blue butterfly and <laughs> put like that. that. So you shoved it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'd have to fold it up. Right. They wadded it up like a old piece of gum wrapper. <laughs> Shoves it in with the end of a Sharpie marker. <laughs> what did you learn today about alcohol? It doesn't matter what it's made out of. As long as it's got ethanol, we're going to drink it, baby. <laughs> I'm here for the ethanol, bitch. That's the smooth brain talking. Can't think, no sad. Keep drinking, keep stinking. No thinking. <laughs> no thinking. <laughs> and if you hate thinking about things, why not take a trip to beautiful Harlem Township, Ohio? You don't have to think about anything. Not a care in the world. Relax. There's one road. It's Harlem Road. Watch the grass just roll by your car window. All the grass you'd ever imagine. Go check it out. You know who else sponsors Garbage Brain University is Hazel Technologies. Oh, Hazel Technologies, you say? If you wanted to keep your grapes fresh and then you stomp them into wine, Hazel Technologies could do that for you. Right, uh-huh. They would always fresh grapes, always. Actually, that's, that's I have to talk to our contact there, but I think always fresh grapes, always, <laughs> would really hit as the slogan. I think, I think we might have just made them... <laughs> some money so thanks yeah. again harlem township hazel technologies if you want more garbage brain subscribe to patreon.com slash garbage brain university get access to our paid episodes our discord we play video games together talk share photos community stuff that you aren't a part of because and, you don't subscribe right and everyone's locked down and it's winter time and it's dark and there's nothing to do and nowhere to go and no one to go see so why don't you come and meet some new friends on the internet and we are all cool Come to where people enjoy to have a good time and then try to have it. <laughs> Come to where people enjoy to have a good time and try to have it. That's our catchphrase. That's our catchphrase. <laughs> if you like to try to have a good time, you know where to try to have it. Thanks again. You know again. where everyone enjoys to try to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. Good night. Good night.